Welcome to Season 8 of the Art of Teaching podcast. My name is Matthew Green and I'm so grateful that you've joined me today. Before we get started with our discussion, I would like to acknowledge the Darawal people, the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording, and I'd like to pay respect to Elders past, present and emerging. I respect and honour Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Elders past, present and future, and I acknowledge the stories, traditions and living cultures of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people on this land. It's the school holidays here in Australia and we're all taking a well-deserved break. Today I thought that I would share a snippet of a larger conversation that I had with the brilliant Dan Hassler. Many years ago, in my first leadership position in the school, I worked closely with Dan. He was so supportive, kind and encouraging. Since then I've followed his work closely and he is a constant source of inspiration. In this snippet we talked about how to create the conditions to help people change, the importance of a growth mindset and how we can reframe failure. The link to the full episode will be in the show notes. Enjoy. What's something that you have had to relearn or or, or maybe shift your mindset on recently. I know you mentioned before that you um, are learning the guitar with your son. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you've maybe had to, to tweak that mindset in yourself? With? Yeah, the, the, to be honest, the main thing was um, recognizing that um, I, can't, I can't change anyone. And that, you know, that's, that's actually the, one of the most powerful realizations I've had because it changes the way I work and it takes the pressure off um, how we work as well. And, and the reason that that was such a um, realization is that as an educator, a lot of bright eyed young educators go into the, the, the job and you say, well, why? And you go, oh, I want to make a difference. You know, I want to, I want to help these kids. I want to do this. And when we actually realize that our ability to change. So even when you're talking about, um, you know, Dave Thompson before, you know, he, he actually created the space in which I could change. He didn't change me. That's why I was saying, you know, when it's about instrumental, well, he wasn't instrumental. He provided a space and then he was the rock and he had my back in order for me to change. And so that for me has been a real, it's, it's been a game changer for me to recognize that the work I do isn't for anyone, isn't for everyone until they realize it is. And the minute they realize it is, and the minute that they realize that we can create a space here, and then I've got you back and I can support you through it, wow, you know, growth can be exponential. And that's the same for whether it's kids I work with at Youth Off the Streets, or whether it's a corporate leader, or whether it's one of the world's best NRL footballers. The point is, I can't change any of those people. But what I can do is create the space, create the conditions, and then have their back as they then decide to make a change and grow. Yeah, fantastic. And Dan, it's really interesting to hear you obviously talk a lot about um, the growth mindset and also variants of that and the work of the amazing Carol Dweck. She's been instrumental in my personal journey from afar, um, reading her books. Um, so are you uh, saying that we can actually develop 
for ourselves, that growth mindset? I mean, how do we begin to, um, how do we learn how to reflect, for example, on uh, framing failure and setbacks? How can, we use, how can we learn to use those things as something that is positive? Because I don't know about you, but failure and setbacks seem pretty inevitable. Um, so maybe it's the response that we have to those that is the powerful thing. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So if we just go back one step and think about, well, when you boil down the growth mindset, the growth mindset is this, the belief that you can improve with effort. And that's it. That is at its core level. It's the belief you can improve with effort. And so whether that's improve your mathematical ability, whether that's to um, improve a relationship, whether that's to improve your level of self-awareness, whether that's to improve your health, the growth mindset is that, okay, I believe I can improve on those things with effort. So having that belief is one thing. But wanting to do that is something else entirely. So that's more the motivation piece. But going back to your idea of, the, of, the, of just honing in on the mindset, that question, you know, how do I do that on my own? Or how do you do that on their own? Or how does anybody do that for themselves? And, and I'm going to put to you that I think actually that's been the biggest flaw and the biggest shortcoming in the way that organizations and schools and perhaps generally anyone who's spoken about growth mindset has gone about it they think it's a you thing they think it's your responsibility to show up with the right mindset and if and if you don't like failure well that's on you and you need to sort your mindset out of late and i say of late you know probably in the last three or four years i've really started exploring well and i've used these lines a bit when i was talking a bit before um maybe it's not them Maybe it's not a you thing. Maybe it's an us thing. So, for example, right, why is somebody afraid of making mistakes? Generally, it's because they're worried about what other people will think of them. Yeah. They're worried about what parents might think. They're worried about what teachers might think. They're worried about what the boss might think. So, if, if, if I'm worried about making mistakes, it's not because I've woken up one day and suddenly thought, oh, I never want to make a mistake again. It's because I've woken up one day and realized that the people I have around me don't want me to make mistakes, whatever that means, right? And I'm just, just to be clear, I think it's so much more than just relationships with mistakes, but it's the conditions that we're in. So I think it's one of those, um, it, it's not a either or, it's not a, you know, it's not, a, it's not the, the, the teacher's job to instill a growth mindset in the kids because here's the thing, they can't. And it's not the, the student's job to show up with a growth mindset because if they're just doing that in isolation, they can't. What, what we need to recognize, and using that phrase allies again, that if we're in this together, how do we create a conditions where kids can make mistakes? And in fact, mistakes are expected because we're continually pushing people to be their best. And then once those mistakes are made, you know, there's no judgment attached to that. There's no blame. There's no embarrassment. There's no shame. It's more a case of saying, okay, that's interesting. I wonder what we can learn from that. And, and it, I, I can never get my head around why in schools mistakes are seen as such a bad thing. I mean, and, and they are, you know, and, and there might be people listening to this and they're going, oh, not in my classroom, Dan. You've not been in my classroom. We're so, and, and you know what? Maybe, maybe you're the one classroom in the world which has managed to get it where every kid 
feels that they can walk in and they're more interested in learning than they are on performance or judgment. Maybe, maybe they are. But my best guess is there's at least one kid who walks in feeling they need to prove themselves or protect themselves. Yeah. And the minute you walk into a room or a relationship or onto a sports field or into a boardroom and you feel you need to prove yourself or protect yourself, then there is no chance of you learning. There is no chance of demonstrating a growth mindset. And there's no chance of really finding out what it is you're capable of because you either revert to doing what you know you can do or making it impossible for anyone to um, allow you to show any vulnerability or weakness. You just shut down. You just don't answer any questions. You keep your head down, wait for the clock to tick over and then move on to the next classroom or meeting or training session, whatever it might be. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the Art of Teaching podcast today. I hope that you, like me, got some valuable insights out of our discussions. For show notes, please visit theartofteachingpodcast.com. And I've also created a private Facebook group where we continue the discussion there. The link will be in the show notes. Thanks again for listening and can't wait to see you for next week's episode.